Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Wish America listeners, welcome to my 531st ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers, looking like the Pittsburgh Steelers, Last night, by going on the road and beating the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night football. And when I say they look like the Steelers we've come to expect, they showed a good running game throughout the game. were able to control the clock when they needed to, except at the end it got a little hairy. But uh, they got the job done as the Raiders tried to uh, pull off a last-second comeback. And they also hit, for the first time in a while, a long TD pass, uh, one of Kenny Pickett's two touchdown passes. And uh, I think the long one was about 72 yards, which is the the play of the year for the struggling offense that they had. And uh, in addition, they had three interceptions. Uh, So, again, they look like the Steelers and... Steelers Nation owned the stadium last night and apparently Sin City all week as they added to their own legend as just the best traveling fan base, likely in all of sports. Um, You you know, it's just uh, incredible how they turn out. Uh, The cheers for the Steelers last night in the Raiders Allegiant Stadium sounded more vociferous than those of the Raiders throughout the game. Uh, They're visible, they're loud, they're proud, and uh, it's something something to behold. I was out in Arizona a few years back when they held uh, the Steelers were playing the Cardinals, and there's a big Steelers establishment, and I mean huge, uh, near Phoenix in what I think is called Cave Creek, Arizona, and... They had a party the day before the game where it was like a thousand plus people easily, um, which certainly uh, was a wake up call as to what Steelers Nation on the road really means. And I was also out in Los Angeles uh, in the same general time frame a few years back 
and there was an establishment in the shadow of the Staples Center uh, for a Steelers game. They were playing, I think, the Chargers. And the Chargers may have actually been in San Diego then. But regardless, uh, it was just an incredible atmosphere as well. And very often, players show up, former players show up for these uh, Steeler, uh, Steeler watch parties. And there was one here in Boston, a, a Steeler watch party that was going on, had been going on for years, <clears throat> called the Yinzers. Uh, for those of you not from Pittsburgh, there's a, a, a famous line there, what are Yinz guys doing today, as an example, Y-I-N-Z. And they had a party the night before the AFC championship game uh, against the Patriots. Uh, right in the shadow of Boston College, and I mean, the line was around the block to get in this uh, event the night before, and again, former players were there. Uh, incredible, just incredible atmosphere. So the announcers show up, radio, whatnot, for the Steelers at these events, and uh, so it was just good to see uh, the Steelers play like the Steelers with Steelers Nation right there behind them on site at Allegiant Field. And as with all NFL Sundays, a lot going on, uh, a lot of upsets yesterday. The Arizona Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys, who probably looked better than any other team in the league in the first two games this year, their first two victories, where they beat both New York teams by a combined score of, I think, 70 to 10. And uh, the Cards beat them rather handily. The Houston Texans went into Jacksonville and upset the Jaguars. Uh, again, pretty handily. Their fullback for the uh, for the Texans actually ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. Uh, there's a phrase I haven't said in a long, long time, if ever, a fullback returning a kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, the Colts, Indianapolis Colts, beat the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, great game, went down. Uh, to the end, very exciting, and uh, so yet another upset, and lastly, the Chargers beat the Vikings, the Vikings shockingly are 0-3, uh, if we rewind the clock a year ago, I think they were probably 3-0, and because as we know, they had one of the best starts of any team in the league last year, and in fact, one of the best seasons of any team in the league, so that was... Uh, you know, that was really something to see. Um, where the Vikings are again 0 3, it, it's shocking. But the Chargers were 0 2, so they needed this victory too. And they had lost two games where they scored a lot of points but gave up more. So um, just a great, great Sunday. And then, but which leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is you talk about great the Miami Dolphins hanging 70, repeat, 70 points on the Denver Broncos yesterday down in Miami Gardens at Hard Rock Stadium. They had five TDs passing, five TDs rushing, 10 TDs times seven. That's 70 points right there. Uh, and I'm not a math major, but easy to figure out. And they just looked amazing. I mean, a week earlier, of course, a week ago last night, they beat the Patriots in Foxborough, but at least to the Patriots' credit, they uh, came back and 
hung in there to the end and weren't able to pull it off. Uh, but, you know, the Dolphins, they're just uh, setting a new gold standard in uh, offense in the NFL. Tua had an amazing play where he just flick of his right wrist. We all know he's left-handed. A little shovel pass that was just done to perfection. And if it was a running back, uh, whoever caught it for the Dolphins just slid right into the end zone from six, eight yards out. It, it was easy. Uh, but just a really, just uh, a play that just summed up the day, along with all the long passes and all the long runs. Uh, um, the, the offense was just incredible. Um, speaking of offense, there wasn't a lot of it in the Patriots-Jets game, but the Patriots beat them for, get this, the 15th straight time, which is just simply incredible. Um, and Patriots themselves, speaking of hitting a, a long pass, uh, Mac Jones hit a long pass uh, for the first time this season and uh, resulted in a touchdown and uh, got a safety from Matthew Judon to make it 15 to 10, but they couldn't not could not close the deal the way they in the first two weeks the Patriots were unable to close the deal or on a couple of comebacks in the first two weeks of the season against the Eagles and the Dolphins. Uh, after a slow start, they closed both games to have life in the fourth quarter, but they could not close the deal. And yesterday, with a 15-10 lead, couldn't close the deal. It finally resulted in the Jets throwing up a hail mary and came dangerously close to being caught by Randall Cobb, which would have given the Jets, of course, a victory. And uh, the, But the Patriots held on and got their first victory of the, of the season. They were 0-2 for the first time. And the first two losses, of course, were at home in Foxborough. Uh, first time since 2001 when uh, a guy named Tom Brady burst on the scene. After the injury to Drew Bledsoe, we all know the rest of that story. And uh, so the Patriots really needed a victory to save their season. They just did. Um, division game, all of it. Because they had lost to the Dolphins in week two, which was a division game. So to have any hope for this season, they simply had to win yesterday. And they did, to their credit. So it was, uh, you know, much-needed victory and everybody in – New England, uh, breathing a bit of a sigh of relief. A win is a win is a win, especially in the NFL on any Sunday. But there's still, uh, Patriots got a ways to go. Uh, and like I said, they could not close the deal with a couple of first downs at the end of the game. And uh, so they have to keep working on that. They really need to, uh, you know, be able to close out wins or complete comebacks late in the fourth quarter when the opportunity is there. Um, a comeback yesterday, the Packers uh, came back to beat the New Orleans Saints yesterday up in Lambeau when, uh, you know, Jordan Love just brought him back and he's looking like the real deal to his credit. Uh, the Saints, it looks like Der Derek Carr, the new uh, quarterback for the Saints might be dealing with an injury. We'll see how that turns out. Um, but yeah, Jordan Love uh, looking like a worthy successor 
to Aaron Rodgers. And uh, so, yeah, that was a very, very big victory for the uh, for the Packers to pull off. No doubt about it. Leads into college football at my low light of the week, which is Colorado's bubble bursting out in Oregon as the Ducks just simply pounded them into submission. I, we all know the Colorado story. It is the, the story of this year's college football season. They own the stage, and they own it basically alone. And Bo Nix and Oregon just simply put on an absolute show, um, 35 to nothing, I believe, at halftime. Uh, like every time they got the ball, they just went right down the field. Bo Nix looks like a legit Heisman candidate now. And uh, and it was just a, a real crash to earth for the Buffaloes. Um, and I went to a Colorado establishment in Boston for a watch party there, which was really, really fun. They have a large presence here. Who knew in Boston? Uh, Colorado Buffalo alumni. And so that was really uh a fun thing to see, but until the game started, and then it wasn't so fun. Um, but yeah, they just uh, they just did not look like the team we've seen the first three weeks. Obviously, they had their hands full with rival Colorado State last week and winning, I believe, in triple overtime. And uh, but they had no chance whatsoever against Oregon, who really come out with uh, uh, like a team with a purpose. To put it mildly. And things will not get any easier for Colorado this week when USC goes to Boulder. Uh, and, of course, their Heisman winner from last year, quarterback Caleb Williams. And so that's going to be uh, fascinating to watch as well. And uh, so, yeah, so Colorado, um, again, they've just been the story of the year so far in college football. And uh and suddenly you have to look at Oregon and say, you know, they're for real. They are. They, they reminded me of the old Oregon teams we've seen through the years, not as much lately, but the team that just, you know, with the great flashy uniform, speed, and just run up and down the field. Of course, going back to the Chip Kelly days when he was the coach. And uh, looks like they've recovered uh, some of that swagger. And... Uh, and incredible offense that they're known for. So it was, uh, again, fascinating game to watch and just see Oregon, you know, light it up, to put it mildly. So now let's take our break, and we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, as in S-E-C, As We See It, Heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football in general, and other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus. Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 1- 866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, as in the SEC. And the show is heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And AP, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for calling in, as always. And there's a lot of great college football this weekend, as we know. And you were at one of the more interesting games of the weekend, so why don't you tell us all about it? Yeah, John, the LSU Bengal Tigers hosted the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, uh, that was a SEC Western Division game. And normally that game, I think, for three or four years was close three points all the time. So it came down to the last 10 seconds where LSU kicked a field goal to win the ball game, 34-31. to The teams went back and forth. Arkansas went ahead, and they looked really strong. And K.J. Jefferson played an excellent ball game. And then Jaden Daniels took command of his 
uh, team with the passing game and, and running as he normally does. And it was fun to watch how they competitive. It was absolutely. I mean, yesterday or Saturday was a day for channel surfing. That's for sure. And that was one of the games that got my attention. And, uh, AP, how was the atmosphere in, in Death Valley? I know it's legendary. It was uh, You must have been getting a taste of that as well. Oh, yeah. The atmosphere is always good. Saturday night game, and it was excellent weather. Uh, you know, the sun's coming down when the game's going to be starting, so they always come over to the loudspeaker and tell you, oh, it's, it's Saturday night in Baton Rouge and uh, Death Valley. You know, so oh, I love it's it. It's always memorable, yeah. Oh, I can only imagine how that, that would be memorable. That's definitely on my bucket list, and I'm sure I'll get there. Uh, and Arkansas, they travel well, and I know that because a couple of years ago, uh, Penn State and Arkansas played in, uh, I believe, the Outback Bowl in Tampa, if it's still called that. That was in Tampa, right. In yes, Tampa. That's right. And I, happen, and I happened to be there, so went up for, uh, you know, called the beach bash where both teams show up uh and do all kinds of uh games and whatnot on the beach and the bands are there and at clearwater beach near tampa and uh so i spent the day up there and i was just blown away the entire week but certainly that day in particular at the legions of arkansas fans to go along with the legions of penn state fans and uh it was just a great atmosphere all week in tampa and the Arkansas fan base played a big role in that. Uh, they they love their hogs, no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they had the, uh, a modified band group there as well, because a lot of times in the SEC you can't bring your entire band unless maybe you, you'll select one specific game. But they had um, uh, a group of uh, Arkansas people from the band, so that's always nice to hear their fight song. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, that just sounds like a great game, AP. And, uh, you know, it was obviously head-to-head with some other great games that, uh, you know, we all happened to watch. None better than the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. As as close to a walk-off win as you'll see in the game of football as Ohio State drove the field, to their credit, down four, I believe, and scored with, one second to go uh, on a running play and uh, three, two, three yards out, if that. And, uh, and then there was one second left, so there was a kickoff, uh, and the Irish got one more play. But anyway, Ohio State, the story of the game was Ohio State and its new quarterback were able to drive the field uh, down four in the last two minutes or so of the game. Very impressive, to say the least, and really, it was a great watch, needless to say. Yeah, two good teams, John. I mean, defensively, they must have played very well because Sam Hartman, I'm always impressed by his ability to throw the football. When I saw him play at Wake Forest against Clemson and then these early few games with Notre Dame and then Ohio State, they have All-American type receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the top standout, but... The, uh, his, his counterpart on the other side is very good as well. And I think he just had the three catches, but he was injured maybe during the game, John. I didn't get a chance to watch, but that's what I heard. But I guess at the end of the game, when the 10 players on the field for Notre Dame defensively for two plays, 
That's that's quite an era um, in a crucial moment. Right. Down one man uh, in the key drive of the season. And they showed a lot of, you know, shots of Sam Hartman on the sideline as the final drive was taking place. And, of course, as the winning touchdown was scored. And AP, he just looked crushed. He did. He, he's been, you know, great to watch for Notre Dame here at the start of the season, starting over in Dublin. And, uh, and you, you know, clearly, I mean, his background, he had a great career at Wake Forest, had a year of eligibility, went to Notre Dame, and we all know he went there for a reason, and that's to win a national championship. And those dreams may, may have gone by the boards with, with losing that game, but we shall see. But, yeah. no, it was yeah. a great game. It was really, it was a true, genuine classic, an instant classic. Yeah, and this was his moment, John, to play Ohio State. They have not played very many times, which is kind of disappointing. Those two teams in, in the Midwest have not gotten together more times. Last time they beat them was 1936, I believe. Right. But this was his moment. You know, national television, Ohio State, they're the one of the, the best teams in the Midwest, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Those are the three teams of, of that. Uh, section of the country, you know, Penn State came on board in 1990, I guess, the Big Ten, but it's always been Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. But now the pressure's on. It's win yes. out and see what happens. In Notre Dame, you lost close to a very good team, so you have to be rooting for Ohio State, I would think. Um, even though they might knock you out of the playoffs, it's in your best interest because you want them to be strong. And uh, I would think you'd root for Ohio State to to win out. No doubt about it. Yeah, that's the way it works these days in college football, AP. You know, you have to, uh, you, you know, the the opponents that you beat, you want them then to go on and have a good year so that it makes the loss more important, obviously. And uh, right. it's a thing. And, John, the way that the schedule is, is uh, crafted, they are playing USC a team that possibly could be in contention. So they can take care of their business by beating a USC. And so, um, you know, that works in their favor. No doubt about it. One of the great uh, traditional games in college, all of college football every year, uh, whether it's South Bend or out in Los Angeles. It's it's a don't-miss game every year on the calendar, and it's been going on for throughout our lifetime and uh, hopefully will never end. Uh, he, you know, I think Newt Rockney got it started back in the day and, uh, and it continues to this day. And you're right. Suddenly that looms as just a massive game, uh, you know, with Caleb Williams, the Heisman trophy winner from last year as the USC quarterback and USC is of course off to a great start. So yeah, it's going to be uh it's going to be fun to watch, no doubt about it. And yeah, I mean Notre Dame has been impressive. So, but now they—that's it. You, you can't have more than one loss if you want to get in the college football playoff. In most years, I'm not sure if there's ever been a two-loss team. There may have been one or two from the SEC recently. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking that. Um, I'm thinking there was one team. I can't remember. I, I know that LSU had the two losses, I was, but I think I was, it might have been before the. Before the playoff, I think. Right, that's, right. The, the old BCS days. Um, right, right. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's LSU too. 
once got in with two losses. Um, so yeah, well, AP, there was we've just scratched the surface because there were some other really, really notable games. Uh, obviously, Oregon, Colorado, which I touched on in the previous segment, and uh, Florida State, Clemson. And, of course, Penn State, Iowa, and the annual whiteout game. So why don't we take our first break now, and we'll get to those games and more on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Headquarters gave the orders and we're shipping out. Our objective is Operation Big Game. Leading the revolution with Jim and Trav's hunting campaign will be Captain Steve West from Steve's Outdoor Adventures, plus Sergeant Dean Capuano with Swarovski Optic Quest, and first class culinary specialist Brian Tucker of High Mountain Seasonings. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Wish America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. 
And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, as in the SEC, which is heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football in general, and many other sports as well. And AP, we spent the first segment talking about the game you covered this weekend, LSU-Arkansas and Baton Rouge, as well as the classic Notre Dame-Ohio State uh, game and ending. It was practically a walk-off for Ohio State. But AP, there were some other amazing games, and maybe none more shocking, really, than Oregon basically uh, bursting the Colorado bubble. As we all know, AP, Colorado has been the story of the college football season so far. They have literally owned the stage themselves. Uh, Primetime, Deion Sanders as their new coach, and it's been just epic what's been going on with Colorado. But went out to Oregon. I was surprised that Oregon was a 21-point favorite, but I think they were up 21 nothing by the end of the first quarter. So I guess I should, shouldn't should have been surprised. And it, I think the final was 42-6 to six maybe, but it was 35 nothing at halftime and with complete, utter, total domination by Oregon. So Colorado has come back to earth, but it's been quite, quite a run, quite the September for them, that's for sure. Yeah, I think they were able to upset a TCU team who had played in the national championship game. They had a different quarterback, I think, but he was the original starter before um, the, the quarterback that actually played the season last year for TCU. But they upset them. Then Colorado State was a three and nine team the prior year. Although I was impressed with their quarterback and their team, they played hard. Oh, they sure and, did. Um, Triple and, overtime. And, and yeah, and Nebraska is very bad offensively. The quarterback is mistake prone and just. He's just not playing uh, very well from that for that position to enhance his team's chances. Uh, so you know, Oregon—they're a title contender. They have Bo Nix, Heisman Trophy candidate, high-powered offense, averaging what 58 points a game, I believe. Not that they played um, a very competitive schedule at this point, but they did have some people on the offensive side. We know Colorado's defense is not very good at this point. I'm sure they're going to be recruiting people and getting people in the transfer portal, whatever strategy they devise. But uh, their quarterback had hit, had been hit, I think, 55 times, and then he got sacked seven times. So the 55, the relative number is the fact that it was more than any quarterback, maybe in the league or something that I heard last week. But 55 times already in this season to get hit as a quarterback when you're not running the ball uh, by design, uh, most of those plays. Uh, that's going to take his toll, and you know, he he can't play defense. He's an outstanding player, and they have very good people, skilled people on the offensive side, but defensively they're lacking. They know it, and uh, Oregon just had a great ball game, thirty-five nothing at halftime. I mean, what else could they have done? Exactly. No, they, they were just like an unstoppable machine. I mean, they just looked amazing. I watched it at a Colorado watch party here in Boston which was festive until kickoff, and then it wasn't so festive. And uh, right. But no, I, I mean, it was just, you know, one little sequence caught my eye where Oregon was driving down the field for maybe their second or third touchdown. They got a penalty near the goal line, 
and like or, or along the way and it didn't even they didn't even blink they just on the very next play picked up the yardage they had just been penalized for like it was nothing like the penalty just absolutely meant nothing and uh so they were rolled and ap you know bo nix well he's a legacy at auburn and uh and of course he went out to oregon and you know i i would say he put himself firmly in the heisman race given the interest in the game i mean this was the is Colorado for real game, for sure. And everybody walked away at the end saying, uh, well, I'm not sure about Colorado, but we're sure about Oregon. They're for real. And so, uh, right. yeah. So Oregon just put themselves right back in the conversation, as did Bo Nix for the Heisman. And Oregon is just one of the uh, premier teams now in college football. And they just reminded me, AP, so much of like the old days with Chip Kelly wasn't that not so old it wasn't all that long ago but you know uh just that high-powered offense the flashy uniforms the great home crowd in oregon uh i mean it was a party all day long for sure yeah i mean 42 points john against any uh major power five team is a good day on offense and bo nicks he he's found a new home in oregon he's been rejuvenated and he's I guess the only player ever to be responsible for 55, minimum 55 touchdowns at two universities. That's quite a feat. That's amazing. Anytime you can attach the word ever in college football of all sports to any, any player's legacy, that, that's saying something because you just don't hear it all that often. Uh, you know, over 150 years, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So... Yeah, he's good. I, I liked him at Auburn, and I certainly, you know, liked what I saw on Saturday. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, he's, again, he's one of America's best players. He's developed some consist- yeah, he's developed some consistency, John. He always right. had the ability, but it was one play you're, think- you're thinking, he's sensational. And then the next play you're thinking, did he practice that week? Right, some errant throws and uh, interceptions and and plays that he was trying to make because he was running for his life most of the time at Auburn. Uh, Deficiency on the offensive line. I mean, that changes a a quarterback's performance, certainly. Absolutely. Um, No, and I I agree. That's my memory of him as well. Uh, But he's off to a really good start with Oregon. And uh, honestly... You know, it's good to see them back, you know, in the conversation and in the, uh, you know, in the top 10. Let's just see what they're ranked here. Uh, number nine, uh, playing Stanford nine. this week. They're, they're, yeah, they're in a good spot because yes. I believe they play USC in, in Washington, I think. I think they play both of them. Right, both teams above them in the standings. Washington's at number six. USC is... Uh, uh, right in front of them at number eight. And speaking of USC, they're headed to Colorado, uh, where they'll play the Buffaloes in Boulder this coming Saturday. And the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, of course, is the quarterback. So that's a marquee game. Uh, I think everybody is still interested in Colorado, no doubt about it. Uh, and you have the Heisman uh, winner, as well as the glamour of USC coming into Boulder. 
So now everybody, myself included, is looking at Colorado saying, well, you know, uh, see how they handle the loss at Oregon and how they're going to play at home against one of the best teams in the country. So that's going to be that's going to be fascinating. Oh, by the way, when, with the loss, Colorado dropped out of the top 25. So uh, they're, they're already in the we've got something to prove mode again, <laughs> as they've been every week this year. Right. I. I would think that if Oregon and their excellent offensive team scored 42, that was at home. This is on yep. the road for USC. Um, I would think USC is going to score 40. I'm thinking minimum, unless there's some great defensive effort by Colorado. Correct. Correct. We all know Colorado lost. Travis Hunter uh, played both ways, and he was great. Huge loss. Huge loss. He was a Great offensive weapon and great on defense. I mean, he wasn't just a guy doing it, no. y- you know, in, uh, as a quirky thing. It was like he was one of the best players on offense and one of the best players on defense. Making yeah, he's complete. an All-American. He's all, you know, totally. potential American for them. No doubt. No doubt. So, but he he will not be playing in this game. He was out for, I believe, at least three weeks. If uh, hopefully it's only three weeks, because he is. Uh, you know, one of the breakout stars of this year's college football season, for sure. Um, so, AP, that's going to be fun. Yeah, the Colorado crowd, which was really revved up for the Colorado State game, that night game that went till 2 a.m. Eastern uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, 10 days ago. Uh, the Boulder crowd will be, you know, re-energized, uh, you know, with USC coming into town. So, uh, another marquee game, no doubt about it. Yeah, John, and I was just looking at this Oregon schedule. I mean, Washington, Utah. Utah's um, quality team, for sure. Washington State is tough, and USC, Oregon State to finish the season. They've got some games ahead of them, Oregon, to earn their way to a playoff position. Yeah, and AP, how ironic that like the Pac-12 uh, potentially in their last year of existence. We all know that they're kind of like the Pac-2 now. Everybody's moving along, it seems. Uh, but yet, yes. their conference is probably, you know, right behind the SEC is the best conference this year so far in college football. They have a bunch of ranked yeah, teams. Well re- right, yeah, well-regarded might be in, end up the best. I mean, time will tell. There's so, so much football to be played, John. There is, there is, but what I, what I have found myself thinking as we close out this segment is, you know, if if it's going to go out, what a way to go out, at least here in week four, yes. where they're like, again, easily, the, the, I think the second best conference, uh, you know, in the country right now with so many teams ranked and such an exciting brand of football, what have you, Heisman Trophy winner, Colorado owning the stage, on and on we go. Oregon show doing what they did, uh, and like you said, Washington State, Oregon State, the the remaining members of the Pac-2, <laughs> and uh, they they right. played a great game the other night too. So it, again, the and Utah again, quality team. Um, no, it, it's fascinating to watch. It's quite quite the irony, you might say, to, to put it mildly. It is, John. It really is for the Pac-12 to be so prominent on the national stage at this point of the season in their last. Exactly. No, it's remarkable. Well, AP, we've come to the end of this segment. They go so quickly when we have great games like this to talk about. Uh, But why don't we take our break 
now and still have a lot to get to on the other side, so don't go anywhere. told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end? Or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, as in the SEC. And the show is heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms where they discuss the SEC, college football, and many other sports as well. And A.P., before we get started, uh, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks hosting the Philadelphia Eagles at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. And AP, uh, the Bucks are 2-0. and I believe you covered one of their victories this year already against the Bears, if I have that correctly. You're at Raymond James Stadium. Correct, correct. And we see two Oklahoma quarterbacks going against each other. Exactly. Yes. Good point. Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield. 
and AP. I, I think, you know, I think there's a big interest in this game. I'm certainly interested, and I'm guessing you are too, that, uh, you know, we're going to find out tonight if the Bucks are for real. I mean, Baker Mayfield's been playing well in the wake of Tom Brady, uh, one of the toughest situations ever to walk into, but so far so good. They've won their first two kind of, uh, beat, kind of shocked everybody with winning the opening, uh, game against the Vikings in Minnesota and then handled the bears last week. And now we have the Eagles coming to town and AP. I remember they played a playoff game in Brady's first year down there, uh, which the Bucks beat the Eagles on their way to the Super Bowl. But AP, I'm excited about this game, and I think a lot of people are because, again, we're, we're going to find out if tonight, I think, uh, what the Bucks are all about. Are, are they someone to really take seriously? And Baker's been playing great, and I think we've all been enjoying it. He is on point. When I saw him, he was so impressive with his delivery and authority, throwing the football, his decision-making. I mean, he can move around that pocket. That's something different uh, with him as a quarterback at Tampa Bay, and he led the offense. Mike Evans had a big day. Big, yeah. uh, I think at one point uh, he had five receptions, 165 yards. That's 33 yards a catch. I, I can't remember the final total, but they have a, a quite a, um, uh, what would you say, relationship throwing the football. And, and uh, Mike Evans, he's big, tough receiver, and can make yardage after the catch as well, shedding tackles and those long legs. Yes, well, he, he, I think he's, you know, owns some type of a record for most 1,000-yard seasons in a row, 1,000-yard receiving. Like, it's a, that's a very impressive record because I remember he was going for it last year. He might have caught it on the last game of the year or whatever. But, no, Mike Evans is fabulous, as is Chris Godwin. And I keep say, I've been saying this all year here. Granted, the year is young, but, you know, Tampa Bay surrounded Brady with a lot of talent on offense and on defense. And those guys are still around. Tom Brady may not be, but that talent's still there. And in walks Baker Mayfield, and he's playing well. And I, I think I'm excited about tonight's game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a showcase for the Bucks potentially. Yeah, he's a very capable quarterback. He reminds me of a miniature, and I say just, just slightly, Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. The way his footwork and the way he runs and his thought process of escaping the, the rush and making the play underhanded, overhanded, sideways, doesn't matter. He's going to get rid of the football with a flick of the wrist and, and make a play if, there's just, if he has just a tenth of a second. Yeah, and AP, the play that caught my eye in that Bears game was when he recovered a fumble. He got down in the dirt. Yes. Which, which is exactly the type of player he seems to be. He's not afraid to get down in the dirt and mix it up, shall no. we say. He's feisty. And, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you were there. You would know better than me, but it, it certainly caught my eye. It's like, okay, that, yep. that's a Baker yeah. Mayfield that play part. right there. Yeah, that was an important play. You're right. That was an important play. Uh, Very important. Game. Yeah, and AP, I mentioned Chris Godwin, the former Penn State receiver with the Bucks. Which leads me to our, the final topic of the day, which, of course, the with in our last few minutes, the whiteout, Penn State whiteout. They look good against Iowa, 30 to nothing. Uh, you know, Iowa turned it over and Penn State took advantage. But the usual was the second biggest whiteout crowd ever, AP. It was 110,000. I know you were at the Auburn Penn State whiteout a few years back. Uh, it was 
the usual scene. There's nothing quite like it in all of college football. You've been there. I've been there. It's been great. Yeah, yeah Penn State, they, I think this year is James Franklin, is, his destiny and probably one of his top goals is he must win either against Michigan or Ohio State, of course, both. Exactly. He has the running back, Singleton and Allen, and he has the quarterback. So offensively, they're in good shape, and defensively, they're very strong. And normally, they have a good kicking game. I don't know about their kicking game, but they do. tight ball games, their kicking game, kicking game is uh, very oh, important. He, yeah, he's capable. Uh, had a couple field goals, I believe, the other night at, at minimum. And uh, nope, that doesn't appear to be a weakness. And Drew Aller, the quarterback, who's like 6'5", 245, just big guy, enthusiastic. He hasn't thrown a pick. I don't think he's thrown a pick this year. He looks good. He A lot of excitement for him, and he's a sophomore, and he's delivering so far, but you're right. It's all about beating Ohio State and or Michigan, period. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we shall see. Right. It's going to yeah, be funny. I, I was a good defense. Yeah, I was a good defensive program. Offensively, oh, I know they're challenged. The right. defense—they yeah, scored thirty-one. That's strong. Yeah, I mean, there. I was a quality program. They always are, and so the, the, that's a good victory. Uh, and again, the whiteout was just uh, a spectacle as always. So fun to see, and uh, glad you and I both got one under our belt because there's nothing that—that that is a bucket list item of the highest order. Attending a whiteout at least once, and we've both yeah. been there, and oh, yes. we. So I, I, it's a game that we'll watch the rest of our lives just because we've been there and we know what it's really like. Um, yeah, and the food is good in the press box. I think it's the best. That, that's important, uh, maybe most important. That's important. Uh, <laughs> well, AP, thank you so much for calling in. Great talking college football. Another huge weekend coming up, as always. They're, they're all huge, it seems. And I just... Uh, Appreciate, along with the listeners, of hearing your expertise. Hey, hey, John, thank you so much for having me on the show. Always enjoy it. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.